0: Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. Not only do I host this podcast every week, but I'm also a financial advisor in St. Louis, Missouri, and I work with clients 50 and older in almost 20 different states. I work with people 50 and older as we help them plan for a successful retirement that they define. Everybody out there is looking for a positive outcome. And what we find is your outcome or your results are based on the decisions you have made up until this point. Now, for some people, retirement planning can be intimidating. It's one of the most important decisions you'll make in your entire life. And one question I always ask people is, How often or how many times have you done something for the first time and gotten it right? Well, if you're like me, I never get it right on the first try. And that's why I think so many people are looking for that financial advocate to kind of be their guide to help them successfully navigate all the retirement planning that they need to do not only ahead of time, but once they're retired as well. And when it comes down to it, when you're trying to do your own planning on your own, It's kind of like if I wanted to learn to play golf, I could buy a couple books on how to play golf, how to perfect my swing, but I can't expect to go out to the golf course and play with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and all these professional golfers, right? You can't buy a book on how to play golf, and then all of a sudden you're a professional. So someone once told me, you can Google information, but you can't Google to obtain wisdom. That comes with a lot of experience. So that's why I created this podcast, the Retirement Made Easy podcast, where I get to talk about different questions that people have, different conversations I'm having with current clients 50 and older as they're planning their own retirement. And that way, all the listeners out there can learn from these conversations and hopefully apply some of the lessons to their own retirement. If you do have questions, again, I want to remind listeners, check out my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the very bottom, you can submit your question. It'll say, ask Greg a question. I love getting questions. And based on listener feedback that I've been getting, that's the most popular segment of the podcast. And we've been doing the podcast for almost a year and a half now. So due to the feedback, if it's okay with listeners, and if you don't like it, we can go back to the old way, but we're going to be doing more and more listener-submitted questions. It seems to be the favorite segment of the entire podcast, every episode. So today, we've got four listener questions lined up. We always try to save the best for last. And for those of you that have gone to our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com, podcast.com Under the resources tab, I know a lot of you have downloaded the free resources we make available, 2021 tax planning guide, couple's guide to a dream retirement, as well as my retirement secret sauce are all available there. Check those out. We don't charge anything. And those pieces I actually put together myself. So I think you'll really enjoy them. Now, on this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast, we wanted to talk about, is your state next for long-term care insurance? Are you going to be forced to purchase long-term care insurance like the state of Washington just instituted this year? And then we're going to talk about a specific example of how the wealthy are using tax planning strategically to help their financial future and their retirement. And I know everybody likes to pick on people like Donald Trump, right? Uh, Oh, the man's a billionaire, right? And he doesn't pay enough taxes. And I'm not taking one side or the other. This isn't a political discussion. But what I am saying is that someone like Donald Trump is going to hire the best tax advisors he possibly can afford, which is virtually anybody, the best, right? and to make these tax decisions to save him the most amount of taxes and put the most amount of money in his pocket while all at the same time doing so legally, right? Essentially, what someone like that is saying is, okay, tax advisor, CPA, here are the tax laws. You understand my situation. Make this as favorable for me as possible. So, we're going to talk about a specific example it just happened this past week in the state of Washington. But I also want to emphasize to people, because this is something that we do for everyday middle class retirees, right? Our clients that we work with, we can use these same tax planning strategies to save people a ton of money on income taxes, not only this year, next year, but over the course of someone's entire retirement. That's the goal, right? How much can we save year after year after year by doing some smart tax planning? We're doing this for everyday middle-class clients that we have. You don't have to be a super wealthy billionaire person to use these same strategies. It just takes a little thought and planning. And with the help of a caring financial advisor, it makes it a lot easier to execute from your standpoint. All right, let's get into this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. Will you be forced to purchase long-term care insurance? I don't believe I talked about this headline. This is the first year, first state ever to make a mandatory state-sponsored long-term care insurance program. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you work in the state of Washington, starting on January 1st, you are going to be required to purchase the state sponsored long term care insurance through your employer, through your payroll. Now, fortunately for the employers, they don't have to pick up any portion of the premium, pay any portion of the premium, but it's going to cost them a lot of administrative costs to keep track of all this stuff because the premiums have to come out of people's paychecks. So, starting January 1st, if you work in the state of Washington, Guess what? You're going to have to purchase this state sponsored long term care insurance unless you can prove that you have some other private long term care insurance already in place. Now, the question a lot of people have brought up is how many other states are going to follow suit after Washington? How many other states are going to see how Washington's long term care insurance plan does? To follow suit and say, okay, this is something we're gonna require for our people in our state. Now, the premium that you pay is, of course, income based. We hear this all the time. So the people at the top are gonna be really subsidizing the program for the people at the bottom. The more money you make, the more money you're gonna be paying into this thing. They're calling this the Washington Cares Fund, WA Cares Fund. And another thing I really, really don't like about this plan, I think it's terrible is if you relocate, if upon retirement or some point in the future, you move out of the state of Washington, guess what? This WA Cares Fund this for long-term care in the future can only be utilized for care in the state of Washington, for your care in the state of Washington in the future. So guess what? If you paid into this thing for all your working life and then you retired to Florida, well, guess what? The money that's in the fund, Unless you move back to Washington at some point, you'll never, ever get to reap the benefits of the WA Cares Fund for your long-term care. So if you want to opt out of this program, you have to obtain long-term care insurance outside of this state-sponsored network. So you'd have to get your own long-term care insurance policy if you don't already have one. Now, in my opinion, I do think, unfortunately, there are going to be other states that follow suit. And maybe it's not in 2022, but maybe it's by 2025 where other states are requiring participation in long-term care insurance if you're working in a particular state like the state of Washington. Other news out of the state of Washington this week, and there's a lot of articles on this, this is absolutely huge. The state of Washington is imposing a 7% long-term capital gain tax. That has not existed up until this point, and it will go into effect January 1st, 2022, just like this new long term care program. So, if you want to sell stock or mutual funds at a long term capital gain and you live in Washington, it seems pretty obvious that if you sold this asset, the stock, mutual fund, whatever it is, in 2021. Before this extra 7% long-term capital gain goes into effect in 2022, you could essentially save yourself a 7% tax, right? So if you're the CEO of a company that is based out of the state of Washington, like Microsoft, you can imagine that your tax advisors, your financial planner, CPAs are all telling you hey, if you planned on selling some Microsoft stock at a huge capital gain, you could really save yourself millions of dollars, probably in taxes, if you sold it this year in 2021, instead of waiting until 2022 or after when this new 7% long-term capital gain tax goes into effect. So guess what? The CEO of Microsoft just sold half of his stake in his company, Microsoft, he sold 840,000 shares of Microsoft. Now, we don't know what his total capital gain on all those shares of stock was, but for example, if it was a hundred million dollar capital gain, a 7% tax on that would be seven million bucks. So while this is a very specific example of a tax change that's coming to effect January 1 for the people of the state of Washington, this is also another example of smart tax planning that can be done, which will put more money in your pocket at the end of the day. So as a certified financial planner, I love hearing stories like this because this individual, the CEO of Microsoft in this case, probably listened to his tax advisors and financial advisors and made a a very wise decision here. And at the end of the day, I mean, this is the CEO of Microsoft. He's selling his own company's stock, putting his interest ahead of the companies, really? Most people are always going to look out after number one. So whether it's a tax strategy that you're implementing, like claiming your social security a certain time, or doing Roth conversions in retirement, harvesting capital gains or capital losses at a certain time, these are all strategies you can use not only this year, but also in future years when you're retired down the road. I'll try to continue to bring up stories like this because I think it does help to hear them. So as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I had some listener feedback this past week. People want to hear more questions from other listeners. They really enjoy that segment of the show. So I'm going to spend the remainder of this episode going over questions from other listeners so you can enjoy them. And again, to submit your question, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the bottom, you can't miss it. It'll say, ask Greg a question. So this first question is, Greg, what is your big issue with retirement date funds? And why would you or why wouldn't you invest in them during retirement? And this question was submitted from Joe. Joe, thanks for your question. So my big issue. And I did a whole episode on retirement date funds and why they're so popular and this kind of stuff and my objections to them, which, you know, again, are are my opinion. So retirement date funds, the whole idea behind them is so it might say like in your 401k, it'll say retirement date 2020 fund. And so essentially what that means is that tells me somebody's age. So if you're in the retirement date 2020, if they automatically put you in that, that tells me that that is the five-year window in which it's closest to when you turn 65. So you might be really close to 65 if they put you in the retirement date 2020 fund. There might also be probably the retirement date 2025. So in that case, if you're in the retirement date 2025 fund, that tells me you're closer to 60 years old at this point. Now, you can also get into other funds. Let's say you're 65. You don't have to be in the 2020 fund, but that's what they will automatically put you in. But you could say, I want to be in the 2030 fund if you wanted to. You have free reign and control of how your 401k is invested. It's not your company's responsibility. But my big issue with this is, okay, if everybody that's 65 is invested in the retirement date 2020 fund, that tells me that somebody out there believes there's a one size fits all. And I just don't buy it. I think that every 65-year-old has different goals, different risk tolerances and objectives, and maybe you're a very conservative investor. Maybe you're more aggressive than the average 65-year-old. And so if we're going to say, okay, you're all average, you're all going to get the same portfolio, that just doesn't take someone's individual goals and circumstances into account. And I think that's doing a disservice to a lot of people. This isn't fast food here, right? Ray Kroc wanted at McDonald's, he wanted every burger to be the same, right? So it's a standardized product that if you get a Big Mac, every Big Mac's going to be the same. The fries are going to have the same taste, the same amount of salt. Everything is standardized. So when you go back there again, you're getting the exact same product or, or as close to it as they can get it as the time before. And I think when we try to do that in someone's life savings, their retirement portfolio, I don't think that's doing justice for people. And the whole idea of these retirement date funds is it's an idea as the older you get, so every year you get older, it's going to automatically shift your portfolio more conservative, which means it's going to take money out of stocks and put it into more bonds, which are deemed to be more conservative. Well, what if I don't want to be more conservative? What if I want to stay put? Well, it's going to automatically do that every year for you. And the other thing I don't like about retirement date funds, I feel like I'm on a soapboxer. A lot of times it puts more money into international stocks than really I think is beneficial for people. In other words, some retirement date funds have as much as 40 or 45% in international stocks. And I just think that's way, way too much. And as far as would I keep a retirement date fund into and through retirement, that's going to depend on what your goals are. Typically, people want a retirement income. So they want to start drawing out of their retirement funds, retirement accounts like Roth IRAs, 401ks in retirement. And so you and your financial advisor are going to have to decide whether that makes sense. It may. It certainly may. I'm going to jump ahead to the next question it comes from Steve. Steve, thanks for your question. It says, "Greg, my plan is to retire next year and start social security before my full retirement age, and I understand that starting it before my full retirement age at age 64 that there is an income limit that our family can make. And so my question is, I won't have any earned income in the year I start my social security, but my wife will. My wife will make" Approximately $40,000 that year, will our income reduce my Social Security benefit? No, Steve, it will not. So, even though your wife makes $40,000, your Social Security will not be reduced. Social Security, if you claim your benefit before your full retirement age, you can make up to $18,960 in 2021 and your Social Security benefit will not be reduced. For every $2 you make over that limit, it will be reduced by $1. But no, Steve, your wife's income will not reduce your social security benefit. Hope that helps, buddy. Next question comes from Peggy. Peggy asks, Greg, love the podcast. Thanks, Peggy. Do you recommend long-term care to people? Thanks, Peggy. So that uh, very short and brief and to the point, Peggy, I like it. My answer to that is sometimes. All right, next question. Thanks, Peggy. Uh, No, (laughs) no, no. Peggy. So sometimes it's a case by case basis. Some people can do what we call self-insure, right? Pay out of pocket. In other words, they don't need a long-term care insurance because they have assets or resources that they would be able to pay for those long-term care expenses in the future. A lot of times people are sold these long-term care insurance policies and they might not be in their best interest. I'm not going to go there on this episode But what I will say is, yes, in some instances, it really does make sense. I really personally don't think what the state of Washington is doing with a forced or mandated long-term care insurance program for everybody, I don't think that's the answer. But Peggy, check out one of my podcasts that talks, goes into a lot of detail about long-term care insurance. I go into all the nuances about it, and I think you'll really learn a lot. Because there's a lot of things like if you buy traditional, standalone, long-term care, a lot of times the premiums can go up and up and up over the years significantly. And I've seen a lot of people that were shocked by this. It's like their advisor or insurance person never warned them that that might be the case down the road. So there's a lot of things that you need to know about long-term care before you get into something like that. But yes, it's it's a discussion that we try to have with all of our clients because certainly these expenses, my grandmother, a personal story just passed away and she was in assisted living for quite a while over the past year throughout COVID and everything. And anyway, she passed away this past fall, but at the very end, her expenses, we're talking $9,000 a month here. So they're very, very costly. And if they're $9,000 a month now, I can tell you, my grandmother, every single year, her retirement community, they raise their prices, their monthly fees. So that's something that you can kind of plan for. Okay, if we're 60 now and we probably think that we're going to need care in our 80s, well, we can kind of inflate the cost today by inflation to kind of get an understanding of what it's going to be in 20 or 25 years. And that's something we're going to have to plan for. So great question, Peggy. Last question is from Paul. Paul wanted to know, Greg, enjoy the podcast. Thanks, Paul. He said, I want to, you know, for Christmas, give a portion of my IRA to my son. Hopefully, he would be able to keep this money in his own IRA or combine it with his IRA. How does this work? How do I do it? Great question, Paul. And I appreciate where you're coming from, wanting to kind of help out your son, in, in essence, you know, with part of your IRA. So unfortunately, something like that, we can't gift part of our IRA to somebody else. The only way that you would be able to do that is to take a distribution from your IRA, pay any taxes that would be due, and then gift the money to your son. He could then, assuming he had earned income, he could contribute to his IRA or Roth IRA or something like that, depending on his situation. If it weren't an IRA, if it was a brokerage account and you had mutual funds or you had stocks or ETF, something like that. in a brokerage account, yes, you could gift these funds to your son. and he would get your cost basis. That might be a better strategy from a tax standpoint and make more sense for your situation. But you know, run that through your uh, by your financial advisor. And it also might be a good time to kind of double check your beneficiaries on your IRA. If you wanted this money to end up in your son's hands at some point in the future when you're not around, well, you want to make sure your son is the beneficiary on your IRA or maybe he's a partial beneficiary. I hope that helps you out, Paul. And to the rest of our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'll catch you next week for the next episode. And remember, always dream big. Unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No Strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, MEMRA FINRA, SIPC.